Friday's episode of Daily DVR Presents House of the Dragon is brought to you by Cufflinks.com. Head on over to Cufflinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com has the greatest products for looking good. They have all the geeky stuff. Man, if you want like a Star Wars tie pin, you want some cufflinks that have the Captain America shield, Game of Thrones, all the sports teams, college sports teams, they have everything to add that little touch to make you look great. So look awesome when you step out the door tomorrow. Go to cufflinks.com, use code DVR20 today. Welcome back to Podcast Winterfell. Today we are here to talk about House of the Dragon, episode six of season one entitled The Princess and the Queen. My name is Axel and with me today, of course, is my co-host Gina. Hello, Gina. Hey, Axel. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Can't wait to talk about this episode, which I've heard called the second pilot. Actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I like that. That's kind of true. Indeed. Now, yeah, you hear a voice right there. We have a very special guest today. You can find him on YouTube at One Mike. You can find him at the Twitter as well, Michael Aaron. And you have heard him on many of our podcasts before. It's great to have you back. How you doing, Mike? Good, man. I'm, I'm glad to be back on Podcast Winterfell because like, we've podcasted quite a bit, but I haven't been on Podcast Winterfell that much. So, And that was my, my introduction to you guys. So it's always a, a pretty cool honor to be on Podcast Winterfell. Well, it's our honor to have you, bro. We're going to have fun. We're going to talk about this show. Now, before we get into it, I'm trying to remember each time to ask everybody, even if you've said it before, can you tell us your background on A Song of Ice and Fire, how much you've read, how much you've podcasted or done YouTube videos on. Also, you know, you can throw again where people can find you and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so uh, as far as A Song of Ice and Fire goes, I have, I would say you could say I've technically read the first two books. Um, I have audio booked the remaining three, but not not fully paying attention. It's like something I'll have planned like while I'm mm-hmm. asleep or something like that. So yep. I like only heard bits and pieces. Uh, that That's where I stand on that. Obviously I've seen every season of game of Thrones several times. And then I have read fire and blood up through where the show is currently at. So technically I'm not spoiled on anything that's going to happen further along in the show, because everything that I've read in the book is prior to the start of the show. So I don't really have any book knowledge for anything that is going to happen in the future. Just up, I've read literally right up to uh, the wedding that ended last week's episode. Okay, cool. So that's you, you, you're listening to those books is similar to how I listen to the parts of, uh, of ice and fire where this comes from. Uh, this story, what is it? Ice and fire guy. What the hell is the name uh, of the fire thing? and blood, fire and blood. Can they just come up with a new? It's too complicated. And the other one is like the world of ice the world and fire. Of ice and fire. Yep. It's like okay. I mean, like they need someone new to name this shit. This is like Coke and New Coke. Uh, but that's how I was with a lot of 
that book where I was just what we're talking about now, where I was kind of listening, but I'd fall asleep. So like things happen, like things happen in this episode that all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay, I remember something about this. Um, So it just kind of catches you off guard. But that's interesting. Good to know. And you actually did a review already of this episode over on one mic. I did, yeah, yeah. Which people can check out. Um, But me and you have been talking. Let's hear what Gina had to say. Gina, what's your impressions of this episode? So I was worried with all the casting changes initially. But I think it was a great episode, especially considering we had so many new actors that we hadn't really seen. You know, they haven't been working together up to this point, at least not that we've seen in the series. Um, But I thought it was a really strong episode. And I think I really hope the time jumps slow down a bit after this because I want to see them really kind of get into it and I have a feeling the next well I mean we really only have four weeks left and so I'm hoping we see a lot of movement um in the story but not by not by skipping years and years okay Mike what did you think about the new mainly it's the new two lead actresses that we're talking about yeah 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 I thought it was funny that uh Gina said that she was concerned about the casting change as any as any reasonable person would be we've grown accustomed to the kid actors through those first five and you know you you jump to adults and you're like oh well, how is this gonna feel but man you gotta feel really silly after being concerned because they were fucking <laughs> perfect man like, yeah. i like i i truly would believe if somebody told me that that was that the the actresses that we saw on this episode were grown up versions of the kid actresses that we saw in the first five. I would totally believe it. They, they look yeah. the same. They've got the mannerisms down. Like I, I could not tell the difference. I truly, I was completely bought in on the age, age. Jump. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were really yeah. great. I, I agree. Especially Allison because Olivia cook and Emily Carey really look like their sisters or the same fucking person. It, right. it took me a couple minutes. I was like, wait a second. Did they just change Rhaenyra? What's going on? And then I was like, no, that's the <laughs> other. Holy cow. That's a different actress. You know, like, yeah, it yeah. was so. And the and the interesting thing for me about we got like maybe five, 10 minutes into the episode and my wife was like, hey, can you pause it? And she was and she said to me, she said, isn't it crazy the way they switch the actresses and, you know, they feel so much like the same person yet they are both acting totally different right like Rhaenyra has become oh I see what you're saying yeah yeah like Rhaenyra has become kind of like a bit softer you can see the way she loves her children you can Mm. see the way she's developed a relationship with her new man She's trying to make a life. She has an agreement with her husband that they both abide by. It's like cool and nice. And then Allison, who was trying to be nice before, is now fucking hell queen. You know what I'm saying? And not maybe not completely, but it her kids are horrible. She's obviously not <laughs> a good mother. And it's just it, it's like things changed, but mm. they stayed. It's just I, the, it's just a testament to like you were saying that the casting is so awesome and the acting and the dedication 
That's that, such a good point. Yeah, they were able to sell that. Because you'd think yeah. some writing rooms would be like, hey, maybe we should slow down with this. We just changed the characters. We need them to act like the other women acted mm -hmm. to let the audience know. But they were like, hell no. Let's go. Let's start right in on the birth. You well, know? yeah. And I mean, a decade has passed. Yeah. And that's a long time Definitely. to develop as an adult, for sure. So it doesn't really surprise me that they're somewhat different. Yeah. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. In the context of the show. It's just interesting, though, that they're just essentially almost flipped places as far as their behavior. But we totally can buy that these are it's still Rhaenyra and it's still Allison, even though they're behaving differently. Yeah. That That's a. That's an interesting aspect of that performance. I yeah, like even that. think about the way that their that their relationship is with Viserys. Like f last episode, Renera was complaining to him, and she's acting like a spoiled kind of little baby, you know, at the meetings. Now it's Alicent that's doing that, right? Like mm -hmm. she won't stop. She's like, you know, that's not their kids, motherfucker. Like she, <laughs> it, it's it's real. It was just I loved that they dove right into it. Um, the birth scene, I mean, we can start uh, off with it. That was like, whoa, I, I, we were both like, hey, we got to turn down the, I don't know if the kid's going to get scared <laughs> in his room listening to this, but that oh, was. Oh, please. That was an easy ooh. scene compared to her mother. Yeah, that's true. We had in the that's first true. episode. Are you kidding right. me? That came later in the episode. The kid was asleep already. So oh. this oh. one was right at the beginning. Um, but Before they even actually showed any kind of actual footage while you could hear the yeah. the sounds while the screen was still black and immediately my wife was like oh so, so, must be rainier's baby <laughs> like, even, i mean she, she just had one right so she's yeah. like yeah oh i know that sound i just i was just making that one yep oh man that's true yeah that's true oh official then, congratulations on the podcast by uh, the way oh thanks yeah thanks guys number four <laughs> wow oh boy yeah. and you got you've got a household of of ladies um mm -hmm beautiful ladies all around you all the time you're a very lucky very lucky dude indeed indeed it's such a piece of shit like what did i do <laughs> no. to deserve this oh my gosh i'm, I'm joking it. i'm <laughs> joking but like you know like eh, I'm, I'm not all that great i'm cool but like you know <laughs> oh that's what it's good it's a good life man but now let's mm -hmm. talk about the bad one um the after <laughs> the afterbirth part was was because I having been in the room with my wife and everything too, and she was like waiting for it. She's like, "Wait, here it comes, here it comes." That was where she just man, that whole thing. What did you all think, Mike? Let's start with you about the kind of power dynamics that was going on. The way that she literally just gave birth, and then the queen wants to see you. I was like, oh, shit, they're going to kill this kid, right? Like, what happened to the, does she have other kids? Like, I, I was just, that dynamic really kind of right away set into motion what happens in the rest of the episode. Yeah, a, a lot of great stuff happened in this episode. And that that first scene was probably my favorite one because I loved, like you said, the power dynamic and all of the things that were at play that were unspoken. And then also, like like you were saying, like, oh, is she going to kill this baby? What's going on? That long walk that Rhaenyra had to make to get there served the dual purpose of, one, giving us time to think about all the different ways in which this could play out, like what is about to happen right now. And then, two, 
adding into the fact that she just gave birth. And now I'm sitting here like, now she's got to walk upstairs. <laughs> like This yeah. is terrible. So like, I, I loved how, how that, that long walk worked to that effect. And then when you get in the room, they're both full of shit at each other completely. Just, oh, I didn't mean for you to come. Oh, you should be in the bed. She's like, oh, I know you didn't want me to be here. Like that bullshit when you know it's it's a power struggle right now. It, it was it was wonderful. I loved how all of the drama of that scene took place in the subtext. It was it was great. Yeah, definitely. I, I and the fear is what kind of gripped me. The way that both of them are really so scared of each other, right? And mm -hmm. it se it seems to me that you know, like Allison wanted things to. 10 years ago, only a week ago in our time, she wanted things to be kind of better. Now it looks like Rhaenyra and we see her later kind of make a, a proposal about marriage that could kind of settle things there. But the thing that it's just like in Game of Thrones, the thing that keeps them at each other is the tradition and the idea that one of them is going to be pushed by other people to kill the other's children. And it's just such a horrifying proposition, you know, like I, I don't know where to stand. Like I, I'm, I guess I'm kind of after what happened in this episode, I'm kind of on Rhaenyra's side in a sense that she seems a little nicer now, but then I look at Alicent and I'm like, we saw where, what happened and how her dad pushed her into the marriage and she's made good on it. And, Maybe she's not a great mom, but <laughs> she she is scared for their lives, you know? Like, I don't know. That I don't know. What do you think, Gina? That was tough for me. Like they've set think, this up well. I mean, I think Alicent was and still is in way over her head. I just yeah. don't think like she's she's definitely operating at a at a higher level now, but I think she even knows it because she's just like, I wish someone was here on my side because apparently yep. Sir Kristen Cole and Sir Lara's little finger are <laughs> not enough support for her. And she wants her daddy back. And, you know, it just kind of seems like, you know what, it doesn't have to be this way. And I never for an instant thought that Rhaenyra would kill one of her brothers to protect her claim to the throne. I just never got that from the character. But the fact that it's so spun up in Alicent's mind by her father of all people mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever else now, it's just, it's kind of, it's ridiculous. And I think it, it, unfortunately, <laughs> due to her, due to Renera's marriage choice, um, the fact that none of her kids are very likely sired by her husband, um, it, it's only like, I think, amps up Alicent even further. Like, it's not only that she's going to be queen, it's that her bastards will then inherit the throne after her. You know, if anyone has more reason to kill kids right now, it's, it's, or more inspiration to, it's, it's Alicent for sure. Mm. Yeah, she, I, I like she, your, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say she can justify it more than I think Rhaenyra could. Yeah, I, I like your point about never really fully buying into the idea that Rhaenyra would kill her kids. Cause I have that same thought, but that's why 
that dynamic works for me because it doesn't matter whether whether or not Rhaenyra would actually do it. It matters that Otto can convince Alicent that she would, mm-hmm. and like that's yeah, the important part. Point. And that's what's yep. so that's what's so cool about it. I, was, I, I like that you that you mentioned that. Yeah. Well, and it's it's just it's it's the weight of the crown. It's the weight of the tradition and the kingdom, right? The rules that they live under. You know, I mean, it's similar to like a Ned situation and it, and with they're bound by honor to do this or she has to uphold the Targaryen name. You know, what I, it's it's a lot of confusing shit. And I, I think I have to give the show credit. Um, Ryan Conlon, the co-showrunner now soon to be solo showrunner next season, did a bunch of interviews because of the time jump and the change of people and all that and one of the things um they talked about is how important he talked about is how important it was for them to start when they were friends Mm. and let us see that that was see the possibility of that and and kind of the farther away it gets the more we as an audience feel that tear and want kind of because when you're watching it, I don't know about you two, but my desire as a human and as a viewer is for them to get along. I don't want them to kill each mm-hmm. other's kids. You know, I know that it's going to come to some bad shit, but my desire is for them to get along. So right. I think they've set it up and I just want to step back a sec. You mentioned the walk. That was amazing. And I'm pretty sure that a good portion up until they get to the stairs is one take. She stands up and from the point I think that she stands up, there's a cut and then they do the afterbirth thing and then they open, they cut and then they come out the doors and it's a continuous take. So I think it was a little, it was pretty long. It wasn't like minutes long, but I want to go back. I didn't count it when I rewatched it, but Mm. um, that was, yeah, the blood and everything. It was just, she's badass. The blood wasn't trailing out of her until she left the queen's chamber. And I just like a bloody path away from Sir Kristen Cole. I was like, Mm. oh man, she's badass. Yeah, very metaphoric as well, right? Mm-hmm. His little outburst was something else. <laughs> oh my god, what a disappointment! I'm so disappointed in this character. He had such promise to be oh the he did the love hot lover of the show, and he just squandered it. This dude is like, like if Jamie Lannister yeah. was a good guy. Yes, it, it's oh. it's just like Jamie leaving Brienne for Cersei. <laughs> Oh, he yeah. left the queen for his honor, or yeah. the princess. He uh-huh. is definitely just not not a good dude, you know? And it's interesting the way both um, Allison and he share. That's like, because the last time we saw, right, he was going to kill himself. And yeah. she say, so now we see he switched sides. And it's like they've just shared for 10 years this hatred of her. And that's just like, ugh, that's so just yucky. You know what I mean? Like, they just sit around and go, oh, God, look at her hair. (laughs) You you know that's what they're doing, too. Exactly. You know, they're just making fun of her all the time and shitting on her. And, and you know. 
Oh, and you know, he's so jealous of Sir Harwin. Like yeah. he turned her down. He still could have had her, but he wanted to completely run away with her. Um, yeah. It just wasn't, you know, it wasn't exactly what he wanted. So he yep. has his knickers in a twist. But it's interesting because I felt he was so Jon Snow-ish when they were getting it on that time where his hesitancy he's breaking his vows blah 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 mm-hmm. and then out in the training yard i'm like he is not john snow <laughs> like, he was <laughs> such an ass i was like this is not the you know john snow was so great in the training yard with the young ones and like having fun and this guy was just a dick yeah yeah what a heel turn for this guy like Ugh. somebody who you think it is going to be this great character like li- the literal knight in shining armor and then in a completely believable way turns into the complete polar opposite kind of guy who you just gotta you just can't stand him he's dropping c-bombs walking around i know hitting people's kids against each other in a dick measuring contest with the guy who won his girl like like what is going on right now it's yeah. pretty funny he dropped the c-bomb considering in the previous episode he, he was told or he was it was said he was Sea struck. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just like, ah. Yeah. The way they set this up was really cool, you know, because we don't know, like, whose kids are, right? It, the, and they just kind of lay it out little by little. You see, it's that Harwin Strong. What an, in, that dude has a face, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's a, that's a face for casting. Like, they saw mm-hmm. a picture of him and they're like, he belongs in this world. We've got to find a role for him. Well, um, and I wish they had done a little more with him. They dropped a couple nuggets leading up to the fact that these two ended up a couple with, I think he was like kind of giving her the thumbs up when she brought back the boar at that hunt. Yep. And then mm-hmm. when he ran into her in the street, like I wish they had just done a couple of more of those interactions between the two that like really, cause in some ways it's like, Oh, now it's later and you, you kind of get who he is. But if you're someone that's not really paying attention because you're podcasting about it, you might've missed those. Oh, cues. that is, that Very is such true. a great point. That's such a great point. Cause I, I had that conversation with my wife as well, but you mentioned the the time jumps and you know of course there's certain things that happen over this 10 year time jump that you know we may not even find about find out about at all but that we have yet to find out about and one of the things that i was curious about was how those two ended up in a romantic relationship and that's because just like you said i remembered those moments that you mentioned but those didn't come off to me as the start of a burgeoning relationship so we needed like a little bit more more there for me to you know, really buy into yeah. this idea that th- those two have this this sort of relationship. Like they seemed like a married couple, and I'm yeah. like, I'm like, last time we saw them two together, he was just he was watching her walking around flea bottom with Damon. So like that was like a weird that was a a weird transition. I'm I'm wondering like, are we gonna get a little bit of that? Like a little bit more, uh, you know, flashbacks to that ten year time gap and things that we didn't see. Are we gonna get to see some of that stuff? I hope yeah. so. Yeah. I don't know. It would have been nice to see a little bit more of a flirt between them. But, you know, it was even hard to tell the last time we saw them together. He had hauled her up over her his shoulder to get her out of oh, the, right at the, the wedding. The bra. Yeah. yeah. But yes. it's still it's so piecemeal. And, you know, and then, OK, he's brothers with Laris. And, you know, it's just that's why it would have been nice for them to take maybe a little bit more time before the time jump. Like, why not give it a full 10 episodes? 
in this realm. I did, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't think the same thing with the with getting her out of the the wedding fight. You know, I, I didn't think anything of that either. I, that that's his duty. Of course, he's got to yeah. get the uh, the princess out of there. That's so. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's interesting because remember last episode, Gina, we we were uh, thinking that something was up with that. That that him have, taking her away. Yeah, like and now, I mean, at least I did. I thought it was a little suspicious the way the one guy looked at the other guy, and then they. But I guess it what he was, you know, doing his duty. Yeah, he's the was he the uh, commander of the the uh, city, watch. city watch. Yeah, yeah, he was doing his duty, he's so he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, you sure. know. So I think well, that, considering her sworn sword is beating her husband's your husband's lover to death yeah right. someone needs to get her out of there Yikes. well i guess since he's preoccupied let me uh... <laughs> yeah that's true um so what, what was what was i said oh the thing i wanted to talk about was how they set this whole thing up and the conversation that they had that um renera and lenor had you know he she kind of ha- comes in with the baby presents it they have a little conversation about his role, right? And because mm-hmm. he wants to go off, but but before, oh wait, but before that, he actually leaves and allows them to have time as a family. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah no, I, you're right. I, I wanted to point too. that out because I thought that that was just super cool, you know, because in this world, for them to have pulled this off. Up until this point, because this whole episode is about everyone finding out about it and all that, I thought that they re- that little touch really showed how kind of secure they felt, right? And even happy, too. Like, you had in the notes, Gina, you were like, this is actually a really sad show. <laughs> With very little joy and love. <laughs> Which is true. But that was not. That was very loving, that was like, it is, how much but... more loving could you get? She understands him, but they're married. Like, I just thought it was so beautiful. It, it is. But I think even in the context of this show, even if that that bright stop, spot causes a lot of danger and ultimately is the root of the turmoil, I think, yet to happen. Right. It's like she's trying to make it great for herself and great for him. And, you know, but the fact is those kids aren't his and that's going to be a thorn in a few people's side as we've seen once we leave that little enclave right that little chamber that's like i think it's interesting it starts there and everything but then once it goes out and more people Mm. find out and it's used politically it becomes what this whole thing is about um that was uh that was kind of cray cray. Um, I don't know. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about now? Gina, what do you want to talk about next? I don't know. Do we want to talk about more about their boys or do we want to switch over to uh, Damon and uh, Lena? Mm. I don't know. Mike, why don't you choose? Uh, I'll say let's move over to move over to Pintos. Nice. All right. Pentos. <laughs> I had to look on the map again. I had to be like, where's Pentos? Is that near Bravos? It's it is in Essos. Um so they yeah, what's what so we saw that kind of happen, right? In the last episode. Them dancing yes. together, 
right? Mm -hmm. So this is kind of not a huge surprise, but it seems like Damon has become Tyrion. <clears throat> yes. That is a good call. He's poring over books every yeah. night and he's very serious <laughs> and studying Valerian with his oldest daughter. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like a totally different dude. All the fires kind of gone out of him. It seems he's, you know, <laughs> except, well, except for when Lena wanted to leave. Well, that's true. <laughs> that, that little, that one little moment where he's like listening to her intently and then he like kisses her on the belly and then looks at her like, so you're still here. Why? <laughs> like, well, he just kicked her out. Like, I, I'm going to listen to you talk, but I'm not uh -huh. actually going to fit. Like, I was like, wow, Damon, what, what a dickish way to to be, man. Like, geez, he didn't even honor her request with a reply. Yeah. It, just the why are you still here look. But no, yeah, you're right, though. He was uh, he was taken to the books. But And you know what, though? It didn't seem... I mean, she seemed to be just completely awesome. Again, yeah. what is up with this fucking dude? The the <laughs> wife he killed was awesome. He gets another wife. She's awesome. He's never fucking happy. Well, you know, it's interesting you say it seems like his fire went out. And we have said it seems like Renera is softer mm -hmm. and not her normal perhaps fiery self and i was thinking when you said that i'm like oh maybe it's because she hasn't had damon's influence around her for a while and yeah. maybe it's i mean you like the you like the i word axel and i think these two are put the fire in the house of the dragon well, sorry you know what you they know, say together incest like is the best put your niece to the test <laughs> oh my goodness gracious <laughs> What have you gotten yourself into, Lacombe? I don't know. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> but this actually sounds like a good segue into my uh, my hot take for what's going to happen. I said uh, in my in my review that I think this plan is going to backfire, and Viserys isn't going to call for Otto to replace Lionel. He's going to call for Damon to replace him. Oh, and that's going to really fuck everything up for Allison and uh, Laris Littlefinger. I like that. Oh. Maybe I, I would like that too because uh, Laris is, yeah, Laris now thinks Allison owes him whatever the f that means. That freaks me out. Like that—that that was a huge play to make on the assumption that Viserys would bring back Otto as Hand of the King. Yeah, like that was a that was a big like sacrificing your father and brother was a big card to play, <laughs> a big gamble to make. And that would really suck. And I don't really see why Viserys would agree to that. Why? What reason does he have to bring Otto back? Meanwhile, Damon has settled down, had two kids, uh, got married, lost his wife. He might be sympathetic to that. Damon's reading books. He ain't getting in mm -hmm. any trouble. Like these all sound like reasons for Viserys to be like, mm -hmm. let me have my brother back his hand. And yeah. and there's the political reasons too, because we saw at the uh, council meeting at this small council meeting, they were talking about the issues they continue to have. And similarly, when we first see Damon, he's being proposed to by the rich folks over there, right? As you have Gina in your notes. And uh, <laughs> it those things, I think, are connected, right? And they also talked about how the the area, I can't, the stepstones was that same place where the crab feeder was yes. and the people yeah. there love Damon. Oh, right? good call, Axel. And he hasn't yeah. done anything about it. 
And then that's when Renera gets upset and says, well, we haven't done anything about it. So I think that there's not only perhaps, I don't know if Damon would become the hand, but I could see a return because of that situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is perhaps foreshadowed in or began with what what he did with the crab feeder. So I do think that's interesting. I think he I think the thing with Otto is that time may have proven the king wrong. Right? Like if he thought that they were going to make a move on the crown or that was Otto's point, Otto could come back to him and say, "But I've done nothing in 10 years, my king. I've actually been sad and missed you." Let's have a beer together, you know, let's build some, uh, let's build more of your crazy Valerian castle that's now taking over uh, 75% of your fucking room, you know? I mean, maybe, but I think Allison has definitely still been banging the drum on that front, especially with Renera's three kids. That is true. Looking the way they do. And we did see Viserys at the end with the other ring, which I believe was uh, Emma's ring, his first wife's yeah, ring. Oh, that kind definitely of was. Lamenting over the fact he doesn't have her anymore. And that, you know, Allison is like, yeah, over my cold, dead body, we, you know, wed our daughter to her son. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I think Emma was more. T- really into making the house strong the same way Viserys is and the same way Rhaenyra is trying to. Yeah, that's, that's for you guys. Point. I have a, I have a question for you guys. Do you, do you feel that Rhaenyra's offer to marry Jaceres to uh, Helena was purely genuine and a, a pure olive branch? Or do you think she might've had some sort of ulterior motive? I mean, I think it's an olive branch, but it's also, I I do, I think it's a way of protecting her kids, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's a way of um, protecting her success, the line of succession, right? The plan. Um, But I do, I do think that she does genuinely, I mean, when she looks at her and says, we were once friends a long time ago Mm -hmm. or something, it seemed genuine to me. Yeah. yeah, you know, um, Allison didn't. She was like, "Fuck that! I'm not your friend anymore." She was not having any of it. But um, yeah, well, I think... she oh, she also offered a dragon's egg to yeah. oh yeah, uh, yeah. to Amon uh, if with the next clutch of eggs that um, Syraxes, I think you said uh, produced. So yeah. I have a feeling about that kid. I think that scene Uh, when he sees that's the black dread, right? That's his dad's dragon that he doesn't ride anymore. Right. No, Valerian's dead already. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the skull in the, in the basement. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Then who, but isn't that big old dragon, the duck, the King's dragon. I I don't know whose dragon that is. I thought it was, I thought that's the King's dragon when that kid goes down and, and sees that dragon. I don't, I don't, well, I don't know. I just figured yeah. he ran into it. I, I figured it was just meant to be a suspenseful <laughs> scene. I'm like, well, that's what you get poking around in the See, dragon. I think pit. that you was foreshadowing. I think that's going to be his dragon. I think he's going to get daddy's dragon. Hmm. Um, 
Maybe I'm I don't. I don't, I don't think that is because Seraxis is the one that's going to do eggs, and I think that dragon. Um, I think that one is Rhaenyra's dragon. Oh, okay. I could be totally. I was just trying to but interpret that it, scene. It did, yeah. Um, well, you know, it seems like I was kind of wondering about the dragon that um, that uh, Lena had. Um, oh yeah, Lena had. Uh... Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, and you know, now that I think oh. about it, remember when she she had her date with the king when she was 12 mm -hmm. and she was like, oh, I heard, you know, there's this one dragon nesting over across the narrow sea. It, yep. made, me, it made me wonder if that was her dragon. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. I think uh, it is. Yeah. It's the one it's uh starts with a V. Um, that, that doesn't dragon. help at all. I know. <laughs> dragon names. Yeah. This is why they, they need they, to have the dragons in the opening credits. I think it was like Victor. Ace. Victor the dragon. <laughs> Victor dragon. Victor. <laughs> but yeah, awesome. no, I, I believe that is, yeah, that's meant to be the same dragon. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, I'm sure we're going to get to know him better. Did you guys check out the, the, the saddle on that dragon? I no. didn't. It was like... It looked like it was like made out of like ropes or like it had tassels on it or something. Hmm. And interesting. Yeah. And then like I was listening to um uh Bald Move on the way home. And they made a good point saying that it probably looks that way because it's meant to have more of a uh like a naval feel, like ships and stuff, you know, oh, to represent the drift mark. Yes, cool. And then that the yeah, and the, the Targaryens hmm. have like your more normal traditional saddles. I dig that. I like that touch. I did notice it was very big, though, right? Like it was prominent. Oh, yeah, that it I was did like notice. two or three times bigger than Damon's dragon. Yeah. I think. Oh no, that I meant the saddle. Really cool. Oh, the, I was the, yeah. the dragon. The dragon too, though. That I think. Yeah. That, hey, can I just stop for a second and say all the dragon shit in this episode was amazing? The little baby mm -hmm. dragon. The big old drag, the difference that they're making between the dragons are not just like, ah, oh, let's put another color on it. They're really yeah. <laughs> totally different, you know? And her dragon, especially, uh, it's Lena, is how you pronounce yeah. it? I'm okay. Yeah. It, it looks, you could see the like the holes in the wing. And yep. like, you know, you could feel, and then at the end, you see its whole face and not wanting to kill her. It was so the way they're really developing the relationship slowly kind of with the dragons and showing us, I love that. I, I could have stayed in that dragon pit the whole episode. I just want to learn more about the dragons and what how they train them and what they do. And I just thought it was super cool. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about that too. Like just how cool they looked, how cool that race kind of racing scene or whatever they were yeah, doing was. Yeah, the, the like fire. Like you mentioned, yeah, when she was trying to Jakaris herself and 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 the, the dragon looked confused. I'm like, how'd they make a confused dragon face? Like that, that was pretty cool. Like I read that as confused. Like, what are you talking about? Jakarta, what? Aww. Yeah. So yeah. like that, that was really cool. And I'm, I'm enjoying, like you said, seeing ones that's like, it's not merely like a, let's paint them a different, you know, have a different color stripe running through them. Like, like I like the, that they all look different and, and cool in different ways. And then I'm hoping that they have like uh different colored fire too, because like, I, um, you remember when they turned, um, what was the what was Daenerys dragon that got turned in Game of Thrones? Viserion or something like that? Yeah, I think something so. Something like that. Yeah, and then it was breathing the blue fire. Yeah. Like I and then I believe Balerion was 
called the Black Dread because he breathed black fire. Like, can we get one that breathes like a different colored fire too? That's like, like lightsabers that in Star Wars or something. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, that would be kind of cool. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, all the dragon stuff is cool. Now, I think did you say did you just say it before Gina that you think that the younger daughter, Damon's younger daughter, would get the the her mom's dragon? Um. No, okay, I don't but know. That's what I was I, thinking. That that ma- could, that scene was there too. You know, it hasn't hatched. Like that whole thing. Yeah. How some some people like how the middle kid, how Viserys middle and Allison's middle son, it looks like her second son, doesn't have a dragon. Remember that's why they were teasing him and brought the pig out. And then we find out that only almost only like half the eggs ever even hatch. Right. So yep, yeah. that's interesting to me since it's all magical. Mm-hmm. Does that have something to say about the kid? Like, or is it like the mom said where like you have to go find your dragon, like your dragon's already out there. Cause that's what yeah. she said to the daughter, right? Yeah. And that's what she did. And this kind of too, this kind of recontextualizes, I think the way we look at the manner at which Daenerys's eggs hatched. Yeah, all three of them. Like I just kind of took it as like, oh, it must be because they were burned on the pyre. Something happened, you know, with mm-hmm. you know whatever. But like now, if they kind of they could kind of uh, change the change the way we look at that by making a connection like that to to have it. You know, it depends on the person or if they make a connection or not and stuff like that. Uh-huh. That can be interesting. Well, they well, so I can't remember if it was Roberto, one of our many guests. I believe, or perhaps it was you, Gina. I just know it wasn't me. <laughs> Said that at some point in an interview, they talked about that one of the differences about the dragons, like these dragons and Daenerys's dragons, is that Daenerys's dragons were like born from magic. I'm mean, like, but they're freaking dragons. How's it not magic? But in this world, that's a, the dragons are a natural thing. So Daenerys did some like it was like prophecy and magic that she had three at once where mm-hmm. these are more more like, I guess, naturally bred dragons. So there's a difference. Yeah. between them. OK. And, and yeah. I think the and showrunners slower said or something, that. too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it. Yeah, Gina, they did say that somewhere because yeah. I remember I remember saying uh, what, what was the context for that? Uh, we were watching. I think it was in one of the after shows. You know that little five minute inside yep. the episode thing. Yep. It might have been in one of those because I remember talking to my wife about it. No, I, no, actually, I think it was a podcast. But somebody asked a question about why the dragons look different, and the person on the podcast cited the showrunners and think, gave yeah, that explanation. That may have been our podcast. Made. Yeah, and we- I thought, and I, and yeah, and I remember it might have been your podcast actually. And I remember thinking, like, my answer to that would have just been like, "Why don't all dogs look the same?" Like, right, like, different breed. Yep. Like, and I'm like, Which, so the fact that the showrunners came up with this the explanation that you gave, I was like, wow, they really put a lot of effort into this because <laughs> you didn't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting because that's gonna that's kind of cool too. Because I think it was your podcast actually. <laughs> all right, nice. Thanks for listening. I, I know Andy did. I think it was Andy that brought oh, okay. that up. Yeah. That up, maybe. It's a good so podcast, oh, Mike. We should have yeah. you on as a guest one time. <laughs> um, yeah, but I like that because I do think every once in a while I like to kind of take a step back and I say to myself, 
okay, I'm a person who decided to watch Better Call Saul before Breaking Bad. You know, I'm going to watch House of the Dragon, then I'm going to get into Game of Thrones. You know, like in 10 years, if HBO hasn't used this as a tax write-off and destroyed all uh, history of it, <laughs> um, it'll still be around. And I think it's kind of interesting to lay have that kind of groundwork. They're doing all this stuff with Jon Snow, right? And and the prophecies and stuff like that, right? And the Targaryen prophecy of the winter coming too. So I think it's neat to show us, okay, hey, look, this is how dragons were. So look how amazing that shit was when Danny walked out of a fire with three of them at once. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to amaze you even more. You'll be like, wow, that's powerful. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, and clearly we will learn that not all tar- not all of those with Targaryen blood. Well, and we I guess we knew that because of um, her brother Viserys, but yeah. not all tar- the, of those with Targaryen blood can stand the heat. Because I think this was one of the top three saddest Game of Thrones deaths ever. Was poor Lena asking her dragon to basically Dracarys her? Yes. It was so sad. I, I didn't understand at first what was happening because of the magic aspects. I thought maybe it'll burn her and then her baby will be left because she's Vale she's Val- she's not Targaryen. She's part Targaryen. She, her mother's Targaryen. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, you are absolutely correct, Gina. I that is why she and that. her brother okay. can ride dragons. Okay, you're right. You're abs- I should have I should have realized that, and I wasn't thinking that in the spur of the moment. I was thinking that somehow, like, I don't know. This is like crazy. I was like, it's, it's going to burn her, and then there's going to be like a skeleton and a little baby, and it's going to be like, Wah! you know, because it's like a strong <laughs> That would have been weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, man, that would have been sweet. But then when you said the, inside the skeleton, I'm like, holy shit, it's dark. It's kind of kind of brutal. But this is Game of Thrones world, right? right. Like, yeah. But it, that didn't happen. They both died. And what a contrast with the queen where yes. she's held down, not given a choice. I think in a sense, Damon gave her the choice by letting her go. Like... You don't just let a pregnant woman walk out like that. You know what well, I he mean? He was trying to stop her at the end, was but it was too of, late. I mean, he kind I of... I think so. He wasn't I mean, physically stopping her. He wasn't having people grab her. He was kind of letting her... I felt, in my mind, he was kind of letting her make the choice. Maybe it's also because it freed him yeah. because of the other conversation they had where she's like, I know I'm not what you the wife you wanted, you know? So it was, it was just, it was, uh, what did you think about uh, her decision, Gina? Were you like, how did it make you feel besides sad? It, it made sense, especially since she had said earlier, she wanted to draw, to die a dragon rider's death. Um, And, you know, which I kind of, it could mean a lot of things, but I think, you know, kind of die, you know, bravely. Um, And, you know, at least she, she had the choice where Emma did not. Um, and it does seem ridiculous. And I don't know if I brought this up the first time. I might have put it in the notes, but we didn't talk about it. But if anyone's seen the latest season of Bridgerton, there's a similar situation. And, and they're basically making 
the woman's son decide if they should try and save her or the baby. And, and he's like, screw you, let her decide, you know? Um, And I think it it says something. It's, I mean, it's, it's her body. She should be able to decide. And at least, you know, at the least Damon wasn't so greedy for a male heir that he, you know, said, yeah, just cut her open and let's see what we get, you know, which I felt like was the thing with Viserys was just um, pretty brutal. Um, How about you, Mike? What did you think? I was I was a little confused on why the baby had to die, too. (laughs) It's like I get the idea of her saying like she wanted to die like a dragon warrior death or something, dragon rider death. Like I get that, but it's like you wanted to die you want to die that way so bad that the baby got to die too like the baby could have potentially lived and i'm like regardless of the gender of it I, my my thought was like even when she went out there my the first thing that entered my mind was like if she kills herself the baby died too but why <laughs> and then i then i actually had the thought that you had like what if you know since she's not fully targaryen what if she gets burnt up and the baby somehow lives but like either way i i, I was confused as to why the baby had to die too for her to have a valiant death because for me the more valiant death would be to have the baby live and you die the sacrifice yourself not sacrifice yourself and the baby also mm. so I, I i was i don't know i didn't completely buy the motivation on it i guess uh so even though i got I made the connection between what she had said earlier and that, but like I said, I, I don't know. I didn't see why the baby had to well, die too. And I mean, not to like get too detail oriented. We don't really, we, I feel like we didn't have as much detail on mm. her labor as we did with Emma. And for all True. we know, True. the cord was wrapped around that baby's neck and it wasn't coming out. It wasn't just a breach. The baby just wasn't coming. Yeah. So yeah. who knows, you know, medicine and that day in game of Thrones world, Yeah, I also found I also found it compelling at the time when I thought it was going to happen to compare how what the decision Damon makes versus the decision that Viserys made. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we didn't we didn't end up getting to see that. And I'm and that would have helped helped give a little bit more of insight into who Damon is now, because, you know, I ran off all those reasons why Viserys might want him back as as a hand potentially. And, you know, that could be a thing where it's like, okay, whatever decision he made might have shown like a bit more grace or a bit more maturity or whatever the case may be. So, you know, we lost out on that as well. So that was another thing that kind of kind of bummed me out in that scene. Yeah. I I agree, Mike. I thought this, I, that's why I said, like I saw beside, I don't know that I completely understood everything that was happening and you make good points Gina about us not being told explicitly like we were with the queen what was happening um I do think it points in a sense to maybe you know I had said Damon kind of let her choose by his inaction but perhaps what he really did was just not do anything and is that similar to him being kind of like impotent too, right? Like not being able to finish oh. off sex acts, not being able to. Well, take clearly so he was long. able to. He has a couple daughters. That's true. Well, yeah, but we don't know. We don't, you know. That's, that's true. She, she seemed like the type that she was, you know, she could be like, we're finishing this motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, it just made, I don't know. Is that to me, it's just little, you know, thinking like story wise little foreshadowing not for but it was character beat he is the kind of person who 
when it comes down to it, he ha- like his brother, he has to be kind of forced into action. And this is sh- showing maybe the realm he's in now. We saw him the last time we saw him, he killed his wife. This time, his wife <laughs> kills herself. Not too much luck with the women. Um, I just thought it was interesting. And then it, the last we see of him, he's just kind of standing with the kids after it happened, looking forlorn, 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 sorry, um, and still kind of depressed. So I don't know that this episode shows us Really, we talked about him coming back to King's Landing. It seems like the right thing to do for him because he just seems rather lost again. Yeah. You know, I don't know if this is going to spur him into action in some way and he, he's going to triumphantly walk in. Um, I don't know if it's going to be that way again, but I just found it was his behavior was really interesting. I mean, his character Matt Smith's doing a fucking great job. This character is really weird. And and he does not always do the same thing. You know, there's a depth to him. And he kind of seems to think situations through. Or he does seem racked sometimes with like a Hamlet-like inaction. Um, yeah. But that's Damon oh. and the kids. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I was the, even the, thinking he might be a little depressed. And yeah. I think there's kind of something about the whole Targaryen. Like we've always, it's funny because in Game of Thrones, Targaryens are mad, you know, (laughs) you know, they're all crazy. But I actually, after reading Fire and Blood thought, I think there's just actually a lot of depression that runs in that family. And that it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily the kind of mad that like Joffrey was or. Mm -hmm. um, It's mental illness. King Aegon. Well, of yeah. many types it can take yeah. different forms yeah. you know yeah um, and it's it's interesting too because it could what if this fundamentally alters damon yet again you know and and that that's like what gina was saying about this this family just having a history of of depression it's like it different different people handle these things differently you know someone might lose a husband or a wife and be like all right well i got two more or i'm gonna pick up another one but then and then sometimes someone loses a husband or wife and they never recover from it yeah and it fundamentally alters them so like Mm -hmm. what gina was saying like that kind of generational trauma just passed down like you know yeah it could create a a, an aries mad king but i'm 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 curious now too if it this does change damon in some sort of way because he is unpredictable and uh, that would be interesting if he does go back and he's the complete opposite of what I said, <laughs> trying to make him out to be a good guy. And he comes back worse. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. Definitely. And and uh, he's also got the kids. What's he going to do with those kids? You know, that's another question. Is it just now these are his political pawns to marry off or something? Um, it'd be it's interesting to see how that relationship develops. Cause the little girl says that like, daddy ignores me, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's going to, he's either going to continue to do that or take an interest. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about the other kids, uh, mm. especially the public masturbator off the, uh, <laughs> the wanker the in the window, window. The wanker in the window. <laughs> I mean, be free, man. You know what I'm saying? He's just doing his thing. It's um, like the girl, it was the, the girl, the dragon tattoo and the wanker in the window. <laughs> yeah. Wanker in the window. I, let me tell you, I think this kid is awesome. This actor 
from the beginning. The crazy hair, the wild eyes, the fit. What great he, casting and great he, acting. He was born to play a Targaryen, yeah, that it, is for sure. <laughs> could you imagine, like, and I also imagined, like, him and Joffrey hanging out or something, you know, when he was young. And oh, like, Joffrey would have killed that kid because he's so much prettier than <laughs> Joffrey was. Are you kidding me? That's, that's true. But they could have, like, done, you know, some experiments on dogs and dead animals <laughs> and shit together and some Dahmer shit going on. Um, <laughs> I just thought it, it was great casting. The, the pit stuff with the pig. Um, that was kind of funny. Uh, mean, but funny at the yeah. same time. I mean, just I just I, I just liked, I think all the kids. Now, what's the kid, na- what's um, Rhaenyra's son's name is Jace? Jaceris. Jaceris. And so they call okay. him Jace call him for Jace. short. Okay. And then there's one they call Luke, but I think that's short for something as well. Luke yeah, it's, it's like, yes, it, no, it is. It's like Lucerus or something like oh, that. Oh, here yeah. we go. Um, I thought he was good too. He's like, is that my dad? He seems oh. to be, if we're, you were talking about time jumps, I could see us seeing older versions of these kids. Yeah. And I see this kid as being like the warrior, like his dad. And perhaps also though, um, crazy Eamon is also a different type of warrior, just maybe a little bit more like Damon or something, you know, or in battle at least, just like using the dragon or something. I don't know. I just thought the kids were cool. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm interested in seeing how they're going to handle the uh, succession situation now, now that Aegon is older and is going to have at the very least an ability to make his own case both to the people at king's landing and the people of westeros like i'm interested to see how now that he's whatever age he is how that's going to play out as well especially if damon brings back those kids too like like it'd just be an interesting situation of uh the parents battling for their kids succession rights yeah I love I love the multi generational stuff. I find it really fascinating. This is getting dark level over here, man. Without the time travel, you know, I like the way you could really have this emphasis on the whole family and all the ties between different people. Um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. And I do want to say I didn't get a chance to say it earlier. I thought the um, the point that you all made before about uh what's his name the new love harwin strong mm-hmm. oh yeah that i agree i i think that it even though he dies pretty quickly i think it would have been cool to set that up more before i like the little easter egg things that you had mentioned and picked up on gina but i think it could have caused more of a reverberation if there was some more stuff tied to it. Like we knew him a bit better, you know, Um, like we had seen a little bit more of a, of a thing between him and Cole before that would have been cool. Um, But still that dude, that was great. That guy was just, I can't stop thinking about his face. It's, it's like if I was walking down the street and that dude passed me, I'd be like, are you on game of Thrones? <laughs> like seriously, made for this world. It was just, he yeah. was just made for right. Doesn't he just look like his whole life? People have been telling like since that show premiered, they're like, you got to get on Game of Thrones, dude. <laughs> and now he finally made it. 
Uh, all right. What else did we have? We cover. Oh, oh, you did have in your notes about Helena. Yeah. So we see Helena with the little bugs, you know, and she seems to be kind of like a nerdy girl. Her mother seems very bored by her. Um, just kind of, you know, yeah, Allison's not a great mom. Um, but when I, I, I did just like a quick Google on Helena after the marriage proposal was made, cause I was like, oh, that could be good. Um, and then I saw all this stuff on the internet started coming up about how, like from at least five years ago, oh, Helena's on the autism spectrum. And I was like, I never got that from reading the book. I thought she was just kind of like quiet and scholarly and a little fragile. And and by the way, I've heard on the spectrum isn't the term to use anymore. It's neurodivergent. But I just thought that was interesting that that was kind of out there. Um, and again, kind of another, you know, kind of maybe misconception of the Targaryens that oh, they're actually kind of other things going on with their health and whatnot so um and their predispositions but i thought she was really sweet and i was like oh i think she and jace would be a good couple but i don't think that's gonna happen i wonder if the show will lean into that at all yeah i don't know i mean we got that she's kind of an odd girl that likes bugs you know but there are a lot of girls out there that like yeah, that's not, that's not enough more, for me to more <laughs> tomboyish, you know. That's not enough yeah, for me to be like. Not she's not raise a, an eyebrow, yeah. Right, you know, like I think people are also just very um, eager to diagnose people uh, for better or for worse. <laughs> Can I just say how in I would be? On Love on the Spectrum, Westeros. <laughs> <laughs> that would totally be awesome. In on that. Oh my God. I forgot. We're all fan. We should just turn this into a Love on the Spectrum podcast now. Oh, yeah. I, please, if anybody Can we hasn't really time that, jump because we need someone for young Hodor? Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's such a great show, everyone. If you're listening on Netflix, it really is a beautiful show. I know you're a big fan, Mike. I am too. Yeah, he Mike turned Gina. me on to it. Yeah. I was like, what is this stuff he's I watching? And I'm like, <laughs> um, my wife still keeps trying to stop me from putting it number one on my best of the year list. <laughs> oh, you should. It's great. It's not I better than it. succession, Michael. Stop it. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, you got to go with your heart. Um, I thought that was interesting. I just think the character is interesting because that scene is there for a reason, right? Um, so I think Helena will be, become somewhat important. Oh, I'm sorry. Someone just tried to call me on my phone. Apologize that about that folks. Um, but, uh, I do, I think neurodivergent is the term now. Uh, Gina, I think you're right about that. And I think that's very interesting what you said. It's, um, it about kind of thinking about Targaryens in that different way. Cause it is, this is this blood magic, right? And at that time, anything different would be considered madness or, or you know, like scary. Right. So I think that that's kind of interesting. I do wonder how if they kind of get more into it. But I do also agree that I think sometimes people are quick to want some sort of representation. But that just goes to show that there isn't enough out there, you know, Yeah. that that's well, people yeah. want to see it. I was going to say, speaking of, of, of scary magic, <laughs> um, I don't know if, if you listen to Matt Murdoch's podcast, but he brought up, and this goes back to uh, Laris 
Littlefinger Larys Strong and his club foot that in the Game of Thrones world, people with club feet actually have their own magic. And um, I guess, and, and I don't recall this from the books because I'm not like a super deep book reader, but the area that Laris is from, it's near the green people. Yes, and that I maybe remember Matt even, saying this, yeah. Maybe he has foresight, not not like a warg necessarily, but kind of like Jojen Reed had. Um mm. So and and that that's what actually turned him into, oh. like tuned him into giving Alicent information was maybe in the books it was a vision. I I do actually think in the show it's just gossip, you know, that he's passing along. But um, right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's you know what yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that, Gina, because Matt. I, I tried looking on the internet and I was like, wait a second, was there a scene I missed where this guy was like warging or something? And I think Matt was, maybe it was a little theorizing, maybe it's some info that I don't I know. Was, or we I don't... think it was a video that someone oh, made. Okay. He was oh yeah, Joe about. Magician. Yeah. Um, okay, I should check that video out because I find, I like, I like, I always love the magical mythical elements when they sneak in there. And this guy, hey, we picked it up right away when we saw him, right? We're like, something's up with this dude. And he's turned <laughs> out to be the master manipulator Littlefinger up in here, making everything happen, killing his own father and brother. Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting aspect, though, if he is some sort, in some way connected to magic or knew what was happening before. Matt pointed to some specific thing, but I couldn't. I don't know if I understood what he was saying on the pod. I should like text him and ask him or something. I do have his phone number. <laughs> he started podcast Winterfell, by the way. Um, Did he? Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know. You want to end off just kind of talking about uh, we did kind of talk about Allison, I think. Um, kind of. We didn't really talk too much about the king. He's like down a whole arm now, I guess. Oh, a lot of hair. I didn't notice the arm, really. Yeah, it looked like his whole arm just doesn't even work. Did you see that, Mike? Right? I think it's like his. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's his left arm, where. Yep. Yeah, left. Yeah, it just kept on creeping up the arm. It's just not even working. I have to say, I was surprised he was still alive. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't look it though, but yeah, he's technically still alive. I, I still think he will die in the season finale because then it opens things up for all hell to break loose yeah. next season. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah. that if, I'm, man, he. I don't feel like he has four episodes of time left. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think he had ten years left after the yeah, last episode. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? Yeah, that's man, true. That guy looks like a corpse, man. Oh man, and he was. He seemed really into the idea of marry of the marriage that Renera proposed. Do it's a you, great idea. Yeah. Do you think he'll overrule his wife? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. She already said over my cold dead body, is this going to happen? And, and now she's, you know, up to her ears with Sir Laris strong, who 
How many intimate dinners does she have with him all the time? I thought that was a little weird. I'm like, yeah. date night with Sir Larry. No, he mark? was. She was like, you started that without me. That read to me like that read to me like a nightly meeting. Yep. Like uh-huh. that's a recap of the day. Like here's today's gossip, Definitely. queen. Like <laughs> that's how that read to me. I agree with you, Mike. It totally. And that was on purpose, right? To let us know how normal this was, yeah. and mm-hmm. that she's working hard on this. But she did. She did honestly seem shocked that he killed his not only his brother and his father and a bunch of other people, but anybody, you know, so he really twisted it on her and now has this power where he knows that she knows. Yeah. So I mean, she's upset over. Renera lying about the loss of her virginity. Yeah. I think she's going to, you know, as a moral, exactly. you know, morally you. corrupt, like, hello, this guy, you're in bed with the devil and you aren't even getting it properly. Yep. Why don't we put it that way? I almost called him. <laughs> is it, is is this going to be terrible if I call him Sir Kills a lot? Is that, is that, <laughs> is that bad? I mean, I don't see any problem with okay, it. I think right. it's fine. Sir I just, I was lot. just like Larry's little fingered <laughs> Allison again. It's for a double L, double A for oh. our friends over at the Joffrey That's podcast. Better. That is much better. I like yeah. that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, he has really twisted her. And Renera's decision where we end the episode to, you know, a smart sailor sails away before the storm hits, right? I, I They said it better. But I think she, even though... She is, in a way, kind of giving power up by doing that, right? She wants, it seems, peace and her family over the craziness of King's Landing. And I respect that. Yeah, yeah I just don't think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> Me so. neither. I mean, the show's got, we got more episodes in another season, so she ain't just going to hang out over there, but... I mean, I don't know, Mike, when when they when she made that decision, did you see it as her fearfully running away? Do you think it's a bad decision? Should she stay and fight it out? I think it was the right decision for her and her family. And she tried. Plan A was the the marriage proposal. Plan B is all right, I'm going to get the hell out of here. And I think it's the right decision. I just don't I don't I'm not even entirely sure she's even going to be able to go. Like she's like she's not she's not even going to be able to make it off of uh, out of King's Landing. Okay, how about you, Gina? What do you think? Did we lose? Uh, Oh, there's Gina. No, I'm I'm just thinking. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like you know, something like a raven's going to come in and they're going (laughs) to find out about uh about the the strongs or whatever. Or Damon shows up before she can leave. Yep. Or Damon shows up yeah. uh, reporting about his wife. So, like one of those things is going to become news and she's in, she's going to end up not leaving. Okay. But what, Gina, you may not have a prediction about what happened, but what do you think about the decision? Do you think, do you think this is a good one or a bad one? Cause like her decision, I, well, she's at leave. Dragonstone. Like we see her there. Oh, I thought she hadn't left yet. Oh no. We, we see them. We're talking about Renera, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's at Dragonstone. When is she oh. at when do we see her at Dragonstone? After she leaves and they're in the they're looking at Dragonstone. It's her, the the kids, her husband, the whole posse. They're they're like getting ready to walk up that wall 
to oh take right okay yep i forgot that scene okay i yeah, forgot yeah, it too right. i forgot so, it too <laughs> just but delete I everything i yeah. said <laughs> but okay. i don't think she knows that um harwin is dead yet when we see that because no, then yeah, it's the next that, day I think they kind of left at the same time okay. I think as soon as Harwin left she was like I am getting out of Dodge I completely um, blanked on that scene okay. yeah that's right they, we Me do too. I gotta go ready to okay. make the, wow. getting ready to make the walk up there yeah sorry folks I'm sure there yeah. were a lot of podcasts I thought you meant sitting like there going what are these guys talking about Westeros right. <laughs> and I was like yeah I don't know I mean, she left okay. you know but All yeah right. leave King's Landing she's right. yeah she's gone which where I think Damon could even show up at her house like hey hey niece <laughs> I don't know Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, because now, that, now said, that I remember yeah. that they're there, yeah, I feel like he's probably going to show up there. That's a great point because he also said, remember in the conversation before Wifey got burned up, she, where should we go? Back to Dragonstone? Yeah. Mm. Didn't they say that too? Or Driftmark, I think, was one okay. as well. Like she wanted what? to go back to her mm. home that she Interesting. grew up in. Okay. Well, sorry, sorry, podcast listeners. Mike and I didn't pick up on that. I know people are probably yelling like these idiots. Um, well, at least it got resolved. Yes. Thank you, Gina. You wouldn't want the feedback that would come along with uh, <laughs> with an unresolved bad location. Well, you know, Brett is Brett and Jenny with that. They would just eviscerate us. Um, but that's interesting. Uh, the, I, I, I guess the point I guess I was thinking is you a whole thing in Game of Thrones was like, if anything is in question, don't leave. Right. Like. Don't you you've got to stay because once you leave, you're the queen is going to do all she has to do to take the power away from you and take this succession away from you. Um, so I just thought that it was an it was kind of a move that makes the audience side with Renera and say, OK, she is more concerned with family, peace and such than is Allison. And I, I think that's kind of that seems to be kind of the word out on the street when I do perhaps see a, a meme or two that people are seeing Allison as a Cersei like person. And perhaps she'll get there more. But that wasn't a very Cersei reaction to finding out about what Laris did. You know, Cersei would have been like, you should have killed him three weeks ago. <laughs> you know, right. she might be yeah. rising up to that level, but I thought that was interesting. Um, all right, cool. Is there anything else that I missed or that we all missed that you want to talk about? Uh, I don't think that, so. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm good. Cool. Well, this was a great episode. I can't wait until next week. We got four more episodes left. And speaking of Bubba and Catfish, our friends over at the Joffrey of Podcasts, they will be our guests next week. So Sweet. we'll have a good time chatting with them. I'm going to try to think of a lot of like double P, double M. <laughs> Me too. That's <laughs> I've been practicing, you know. There's little fingered Allison again. <laughs> I think, Gina. Good, good luck, guys. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I can't keep up with those guys, but I think as a joke, maybe like for the first 10 minutes of the podcast, every time they ask us anything, we just say a double something. 
right? Like <laughs> maybe. <laughs> they'd be like, guys, enough of the joke already. We just keep on doing it to like Andy maybe not Kaufman ten minutes, levels. maybe just five. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we'll try. We'll have a good time with them. We got Bub and Catfish. Week after that, Sean Pink from History of Westeros. Then, then we got Trey coming on, who we talked about. Um, uh, what's what's the uh, Showtime show? L- the uh, the soccer mm. team. Oh, um, oh, Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets. Wow, Thank I you. couldn't even come up. Yeah, with I was that. like Ted Lasso. Yeah, with Ted Lasso. <laughs> we're getting the soccer team. We're getting. I'm getting old Sorry. here. Sorry. Tra- well, that's the last time some people may have heard Trey talk with us. She's gonna come on for nine, and then. Again, we'll ha- we'll end where we began with Matt Murdick for episode 10. You can find out more about us at dvrpodcast.com. Mike, why don't you tell us once again uh, some where we can find you and some final words. All right. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, One Mike, O-N-E-M-I-K-E. So you can find me on YouTube. You can find me. I, I made a TikTok, but I'm probably not. I'm probably gonna stop using it. Uh, it's not. It's just not not working out for me. And uh, and on Facebook, you can find me one Mike. Twitter at one Mike Network, and my personal uh, Twitter at Michael underscore Aaron. Awesome. All right, Gina. And in a few in a few weeks, you can Maybe. find him on my podcast, Resisting Gilead. It's not yes. not the next two, but I think the, the episode one after six, that. I believe. Yeah. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it's it six. That. I don't know. I'm not sure. Six or seven. Oh, tonight's only four. I feel like I'm so confused. But yes, I think it's six that you're going to be on. So in okay. a few weeks, yeah, he'll so, be on Resisting Gilead, which is up and running. Turn to us for sad podcasts, folks. <laughs> if you if you got if you're watching a show and it's really sad and depressing, tell us about it and we'll cover it. Um, no, this was a great episode, Mike. Thanks for coming on, Gina. It's always a pleasure. Thanks everyone for listening. We really do appreciate it. We will be back again next week with Bubbing Catfish. Peace out. See ya.